Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Go Bell Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay per view, it feels big, it feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. Yeah, All right, everybody, we are back uh, with another edition of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. This is Two James here, along with my good old co-host, Jamal the Giant Crab. What's up, man? What's going And we're here. And, and what? How are things? I can't hear you. Say that again, bro. I said, how are, how are things? Oh, oh, good, 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 good. You know, another Danny Candy store. Uh, tonight, special edition episode, because um, we have a very long overdue show that we i am guilty of not making this happen sooner than it than it has and that's because the personal life got a little involved a little bit of traveling but but you know we're here we can't wait to get started and we have the man mr second to none the, the man with many nicknames because i'm gonna have to add my own nickname at, after this uh but mr second to none the juggernaut mr catch these hands Mr. The Gentleman O'Neill, because he's absolutely the nicest man I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> we have to water O'Neill today, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, man? Gentlemen, what's good? How how, how is everything, man? Oh, we, it's we, a good time, man. Yes, that's a, that's what it is. So but, JJ, uh, you you're, you're right. Before you get started, I gotta I gotta say this is much 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 long overdue but i guess i had to earn my stripes like everywhere else no biggie though we not it we good not at all man it's it's totally all on me just you know just that the podcasting thing is 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 new to me and trying to balance the scheduling out and just trying to enjoy life a little bit and i just was like oh man you know just got behind and then i was like look we're doing this no if ands or buts this is happening point blank so this show is all about you we're going the whole show. We're talking to you the entire show, and that's what it's going to be. Sounds good to me. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on. In, in all seriousness, all trash talking aside, thanks for having me on. Oh, bring the trash, man. Bring the trash talk. <laughs> look, look. I, we know you're good friends with the Bo Show, and we. If you if you've seen that show, you know he eats and multitaskes and does all whatever he wants while he was on the show. Toss trash. So. Of course, we're gonna have the nicest guy in the world on the show, and and, and you, you know, you got the we have to one up that man because I know you guys got a little form of a heated rivalry because uh my co-host AKA Mister um I'm a I'm a egg this on on Twitter that night. Uh, <laughs> we're not gonna forget that Jamal, right? Uh, as you shouldn't. I, I want to say you know thank me. Let us ease a little bit. <laughs> 
so so, hey, so there's there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Um, like Bo and I got like a long history, man. Um, so it, it's it, the rivalry is not as heated. Uh, it, look at it like a like a TJP and Rich Swan thing before it boiled over. It's friendly competition, but I always feel like I got something to prove to him um, because he's been in the business longer. And I'm calling myself seconds to none, so I kind of put the pressure on myself to kind of outdo him. I, you know, <laughs> regardless if there was a pin in that match when it eventually happened, uh, what what uh what show was that again? Is that Nova Pro? Um, and this was proceeding after the life is like a boss of chocolate show where you debuted at Nova Pro. So it was cool for the summer then. It was cool for the yeah. summer. Yeah, and yeah. you know, Bo had an open challenge and. Ironically, the night before, the night before that, whatever it was, a little bit of trash talking between the two of you guys on Twitter. Jamal sent me a text saying, hey, pay attention to this. And I'm like, oh, let me go see what Bo's up to again. And it wasn't Isaiah this time. It was you. And when he had the open challenge at the show, I was just like, oh, he, he Juggernaut has to come and answer out here. And like I said, regardless of who won the match, I'm talking about some of the hardest hitting blows the entire show. <laughs> in that match i was cringing it was unfair to everybody around the ring because it was like sonic booms going around i mean dude i see why you, like catch these hands like no no one wants to catch those hands because <laughs> like uh -uh. <laughs> i mean but, that's, that's that's actually like a motto my next uh t-shirt um available for release sorry shameless plug available for release on tuesday actually says hit hard af like that's that's the that's the new model. <laughs> so uh, I mean, uh, but going back to the open challenge, um, I, I had to come out and answer because you miss one hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. So when right. when lose a draw, I was able to show the boy in the Nova locker room and hopefully some of the fans uh, exactly what I had to offer, and it was you know, good enough to be invited back. So. Um, that's all, that's all I ask for is, a, is the opportunity. And, and I, I can almost guarantee not to, to deliver disappointment. Well, let me, let me just say this. My rationale behind the whole thing is I don't know anything about anything. But I'm just going off the strength of the BCW show we showed you at back in March. Mm. And it was like, yeah, that's definitely a name to know, you know, because, well, we're new to the whole scene in Baltimore and, and Maryland and then, you know, there were a couple of names that stood out, and yours is one of them. So I'm thinking, well, if this has to happen, why not him? Because if, if that's what it was, you know, up in Baltimore, then definitely bring that down to uh, Nova Pro. And luckily, uh, that's been the case, and I'm, you know, glad that I have even coincidentally as a part of that. So you know, it's and and, and no doubt, during the life is like a boss of chocolate show, which was the Nova Pro um, trial show, trial show, which had tons of talent from all over there. And, you know, very, very impressive uh, five or ten dollar show that I cannot believe if anybody wasn't able to make it for without the, you know, for whatever reasons, uh, you know, if something came up or whatever. But for whatever reason, for people just missed it, you missed one hell of a treat. And, you know, this was a show where fans was able to make a difference by campaigning who they thought was good and, you know, made an impact. And no doubt I campaigned for you. No bias. Because the only interaction I had with you, you know, I spoke to actually you spoke to me, being the nice gentleman you were, and I was just like, <laughs> like this dude has the Nova Pro culture right there because uh, well spoken, nice. I mean, very very overpowering. I mean, we, we'll talk about specs in a little bit, but very very overpowering. So can be a little intimidating, but then the nicest guy that you'll ever meet, 
And I was just like, outside of that suicide dive that you, that you did and knocked out like three people, the, the gear, everything, like, no, we need this guy needs to be here. And I made sure that I did my due diligence to say, Mike, look, Mike, Mike Jr., Big Mike, this guy right here, like, give this guy a chance. And, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad that we're seeing you um, on each and every show. And we're, again, we're glad to have you on the show tonight. Uh, thank, uh, thank you for your campaigning. First off, uh, let me let me start by uh, the, the Nova fans and the culture and the environment in those arenas is absolutely electrifying. Those got to be some of the hottest fans on the indie scene. Um, so it didn't take uh, much convincing. I think I saw like a clip or something that they did um, that got me interested in the show. And obviously, you know, the Bo show and I are, you know, uh, companions to, to say the least um, it was like, Hey, there's this tryout show. So like I showed up. Um, if there's one thing that I've learned, like traveling, like in the business uh, from, you know, you know, Bob Evans, hell Mike Bennett or any veteran worth the salt that'll come across you. Hey, uh, make sure that your gear is on point and, and make sure that your body's on point and the rest of it, the rest of it can be taught. Um, you know, even if you're not the best wrestler or, you know, don't have the best skills, find what makes you you and do that extremely well and you know find find what the people want and and give them that so that's what i try and do each and each and each and every show so thank you for campaigning on my behalf and to the nova fans for uh those that put my name like on the on the little ballot that was going around no doubt no yeah. doubt yeah i think one thing that's like understated and it kind of gets lost in the message for guys started out is that as fans and you know that's to be bluntly honest, that's what we are. We are fans. Uh, everybody does, <clears throat> you know, a high-risk spot. Guys like Keith Lee and, and Dijak are in, are in play. Uh, you, Jeff Cobb, uh, Ethan Page are in play. So nothing's new anymore. You know, so you got to be a good character now because you can't just be a technical wrestler or this technically proficient guy or this, you know, big ass kicker or something like that. You got to be a personality, a draw in and of itself, because honestly, uh, when we got dudes doing Spanish flies off the top rope and through an announce table, like 20 feet to the floor, you know, when we're seeing like 630s off of a ladder, and that's commonplace nowadays, uh, if you don't have that, if you don't have that gimmick down, then it's going to be a long night for you. So, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that, but I think that also there's a place for everyone at the table. Well, absolutely. There's, Absolutely, because there, there's there's a market for you know the guy that wants to see a good story told, just as much as um, the guy who uh, you know for every Leo Rush will will take a, an incredible power bomb, you know, off of a forty foot ladder, and and stand right, right up from it. Um, but <laughs> the I, I think that the key is 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 just being relatable. Chambers right. opened up with like I, I try and treat everybody that I come across with uh, with respect. Um, I respect this this podcast because you guys definitely um, are are your ears in the streets, so to speak. So it's kind of like um, when Chambers was like, "Hey, let's 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 get you on the podcast." Oh, for sure, let's do that. Um, right. So I try and just serve the people. Um, Bob Evans is really big on that. Um, who is one of my satellite mentors, uh, who I bounce ideas and stuff off of. He's how can you serve? And that's the kind of mentality that I go into wrestling with because you never know who is having like a hard week or a hard day and they, they may have had $25 in their pocket and that's what they paid to get into the show. Okay. Well, let, let me make sure that you get your money's worth then. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's certainly a good, you know, mentality to have because, you know, honestly, 
it does go both ways. You know, uh, we want to be entertained as much as you want to entertain. So uh, if everybody's happy, then everybody's happy and everybody wins. Indeed. When, when wins and losses are a matter of speaking in this business, <laughs> as right. you know. Um, right. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care if, you know, I go out and I lose a match in like three minutes of a kid likes my tattoos and my abs and he comes to the table to buy a t-shirt hey he wins and i definitely win that night yeah well you definitely got some fans of your abs at the baltimore show so you know <laughs> oh yes bring that bring this moment up do you remember that i'm just gonna uh, yeah so like what, what's that like for you i mean you're, you're obviously you know built like a refrigerator and you know you're a very uh imposing figure um what are we like five six five seven something like that? Hey, I'm so five eight. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna need that inch. Okay, okay, fine. I got it. I can give you that inch. I can't take that away from you. All right, so like you know, so just an absolute the juggernaut. You know, that's what it is. But then when you see, you know, um, you know, when you come out, you see that imposing figure. You know, hit hard and uh, and then hit harder, harder than that. How does that react? How do you react to like the ladies that are like, well, my boyfriend's out of town. How do you react to some of the men like, well, yeah, but he ain't me though. I mean, does that does that really come <laughs> into the play and affect your uh, you know your character at all? I mean, I know the whole thing is built in respect, oh, and there is an understandable line between wrestlers and fans. But some of them, the the, the thirst was real in Baltimore that night. <laughs> I had I had no idea, honestly. Um, okay, and, and and this is not like playing modest or anything like that, but like every every venue that I enter into, to me, it's, it's business. Um, it's, it's, it's come in. I, I need to take my fist. I need to make sure that I don't, uh, you know, break a neck or so I'll, I'll, I'll punch you, let you know that you're in a fight, but it, it's, it's a business trip. Right. And, uh, if the, the thirst was real in Baltimore that night, I yeah, had was... like no idea. And certainly, <laughs> certainly no one uh, made any, <laughs> Chambers, that look like he don't believe me over there. No, no, I was there. No, was, was no, like, no, no. We were, we were there. We look. I, I, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> it was a bit humid in the crowd because there was a lot of moisture in the air. So <laughs> the, the thirst was definitely real that night. Um, a, lot of, a lot of sweaty uh, soccer moms in the, in, the, in the crowd when you came out. Hey, it was, you know, it was great to appreciate all, the soccer moms buy merchandise. Well, <laughs> soccer moms got soccer kids, so hey. So, so I mean, you know, I, I definitely um, that that thing is honestly like the the furthest from my mind, right? So, um, okay. uh, I listened to a motivational speaker, Dr. Eric Thomas, right, and he says, "Hey, it's 168 hours in a week," and then he talks about um, going into like stats and stuff like that. So, like, and mm-hmm. he says this one thing about how people they look at LeBron James stats and they don't have any stats of their own. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my physique is a byproduct of me wanting to be the best possible wrestler that I can be. Right. Let's. Is that? Uh, go ahead. Oh uh, yeah. So we talking about physique, and and I brought this up at the beginning of the Noah Pro Show when you uh, uh bashed me about my one bowl of Chipotle that I was eating. So and, and you told me I would need six bowls of Chipotle if I ever wanted to bring in my carb intake for what you were of what you were taking daily. But if you could share some light on what is actually your meal prep for the week or, or daily. Um, so I meal prep on Sundays usually. And I, um, it depends on what season it is, if it's bulking or cutting season. 
um, for me. But like a general like bulking season is about seven thousand calories a day. Um, wow. so like like that 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 is no kidding about six bowls of that Chipotle that you were eating. Um, and and like I can have a meal. I can come home and have like a hot meal, and then right before I go to sleep, I'm still gonna have. Uh, a Craig size, a Friday size bowl of cereal right before I go to sleep. Like it's like it's like a ritual, um, but the body has uh, an amazing process to like you know digest all that stuff throughout the night. And I, I mean, I wake up a lot of times not tired. I mean, my day starts at four thirty in the morning and it doesn't end until the last episode of wrestling, which is usually like ten or eleven, and I'm right <laughs> back up like the next day, <laughs> the next day doing it. Yeah. Um, so, but like, I definitely like a lot of carbs because that provides the most natural like source of energy. Um, if I'm if I'm cutting, then it's a lot of chicken, a lot of broccoli, a lot of greens, uh, asparagus, rice, um, and th- things of that nature. I mean, if you treat your body right and are safe in a ring, you can do this business forever. Right. No, absolutely. Um, so you you say you watch a uh, you know a decent amount of wrestling. Um, one per presume, obviously, that has to include the Walmart of wrestling, WWE. Um, outside of um, Nova Pro and the uh, venues and promotions that you work with, are there any that you haven't worked with that you kind of follow on a regular basis? Or is it just, you know, you just got to kind of know what you got? And, like, what, what, what's your – okay, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, you answer that, and I got a follow-up question. Uh, so – um, AML down in North Carolina. Like I've done uh three of their pre-shows, and that that like Nova is the Virginia version of AML, or or no disrespect to the bull, or AML is the North Carolina version of Nova. Sure. Um, the, just the atmosphere is like you know it's just you want to work there. You know what I mean? Um, so I find anytime they post, I'm subscribed to their YouTube channel, and I think they're just coming out with a network for four ninety nine. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I subscribe to that kind of stuff, and I, I and I watch. You kind of got to know um, what what's going on in in the scene that's around. I mean, obviously, you know, other than WWE, Ring on a New Japan Pro, um, Impact, Global Force is making a making a huge comeback in the like in, in the industry. And Jared and those guys are doing great things over there. But uh, on, on the are indie scene, know. like you have to say again. Are, are they are they really? I mean, I, I watch it. It's a, it's it's TV. It's, it is it's TV. more exposure. Yeah. Um. And and they haven't been canceled yet, which is the most important thing. So, right. um. You know, once they find you know their their niche, and they, they I'm I'm sure that they'll be like right there. Um. And I mean, outside of the major, quote unquote promotions, um, there's Wrestle Circus down in Texas. There's Texas right. Wrestling Academy where Rudy Gonzalez and his crew. Um, down at there's role wrestling reality or wrestling who just you know got the deal with fight um so I, i'm watching like all of this stuff um anybody that hangs around me for any amount of time will tell you i'm either working i'm, I'm on twitter talking trash um trying to find a new avenue of of merchandise to get into that nobody on this level has has seen i'm i'm watching uh people who i feel that are better than me um you know it, it more seasoned so to speak. And I'm, I'm watching what they're doing and I'm watching what the guys quote unquote at my level are doing uh, just so a, you don't repeat it and B you're finding what gets over and what doesn't. Okay. So then I guess the next question would be when you watch all of this wrestling, a lot of indie wrestling, uh, you know, the professional stuff, uh, the bigger stuff rather. Um, 
is do you, how do you watch it as a fan or, or what's the difference between this homework that you're doing and watching it as a fan can you separate the two or is it all just kind of mended together now well i think it's important to separate it um uh because you, you can't love, lose the love for what you do. You know, the, the expression, if you love what you do, then it's not really a job. So, I mean, I think it's important. And there, there are times when I'm not booked that I'll find, like, a, an indie show, like, close to me and just go sit as a fan and watch. Um, there'll be times where I'll be like, okay, I, I like I like what they did. I like this spot. I liked, you know, this. Um, they should have sold to the crowd more. And But I'm taking notes. Right. But I think it's important, even when I'm doing, quote, unquote, homework on it, like, I watch a match three times. I watch it once as a fan, once as a face, and once as a heel. Mm. Wow. And and the truth or the thing that usually gets the most over is something in between the three of them. Right. Absolutely. So, so um, from listening to um, another interview that you did, you mentioned one of your favorite matches uh, and one of your uh, – one of the key people you look up to – it's Cedric Alexander and his match with uh, Shane Strickland. Uh, so considering what you just said there, what were you able to take from that match that helped you, uh, that makes you a better person or a better wrestler now? Um, I, I, I look up to Cedric like a lot. I mean, if you look at, if you look at like some of my gear, it's like heavily like influenced from, you know, the area code on the knee pads to the matching, you know, choker um, or, or whatever. Like I, I just like, his style and there's no question that Shane Strickland is a beast I mean the man held three titles and three of the biggest indies at the same time um so from that match honestly um watching it as a fan I was kind of just like holy sh you know what I mean and uh from uh, but as a as a wrestler or someone doing homework I learned to and let stuff register they I mean they went for 32 minutes I believe it is and Everything was registered, and, and that's really the way to draw fans out. You can be a wrestler. You can go in and do 54 50s back to back to back to back, but then if somebody comes out and tells a better story than you, then none of the flips that you did and none of the bumps that you take mean anything. So yeah. I learned to invest more in the story, and if a certain move or a certain spot fits in the match, then put it in, and if it doesn't, and it doesn't make sense to do, let's, let's not do that. Um, and the fans draw more to the story um, as a performer. And that's the same thing that makes, uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler so good. That's the same thing that makes John Cena one of the best is the fact that he's able to tell a story. Roman Reigns, I mean, they, they catch heat from fans because they feel like WWE is pushing them too fast. But Roman Reigns drew a great match out of Braun Strowman. So the storytelling more so than anything else. I I absolutely think – that Cedric Alexander is the best in-ring storyteller I've seen. Um, number one, the match we, that he had with Kodo Bushi may still be my favorite match of all time right now because of... Uh -huh. Uh, huh? Yeah, I watched it yesterday. I watched it yesterday because I was looking for something and the Cruiserweight Classic did have, happened to come up in my queue and I was like, what episode was that? Watched it again, same emotions. Um, because you know, you're watching the tournament, then you see the build up to that point. But I can watch it right now, don't even remember who they who either one of them faced before that, and still feel the exact same emotions that I felt back then. I mean, the dude is legit, Kodobushi, he speaks for himself. 
But uh, Cedric, a guy we we got to, we didn't get the interview, but um, you know, in our in our uh, wee days, we got to um, talk to him at Nova Pro. One of the nicest guys we've ever met as well, too, and absolutely got has all the tools in the ring. But absolutely, I feel is one of the best storytellers in the ring, no doubt. And I think that if I was a wrestler or wanted to be a pursuing wrestler, absolutely somebody, absolutely somebody I want to uh, mimic myself after for sure. Shout out to Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> but you know it, it's crazy because um going into the cruiserweight classic he, he didn't really have that much uh fanfare or that much hype behind him it was kind of like you know they were going to put over who they were going to put over and kota abushi was supposed to advance to the next round you know regardless so right. but then when he came out and like blew the roof off of the building like the and, and he drew the same that same emotion that i feel watching the same emotion you feel watching it you know how many ever thousands of people felt the same thing and that that match led to him actually getting the job, but like he went in without that much hype, and you know I feel like that was something that I kind of gravitated to, especially at Nova. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. The, the him and Shane Strickland match at Nova Pro was awesome, and you know after after the match, the the um the, after the match, the you know the speech he gave, uh the 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 hillish things he was saying in the ring to the to the fans. About you know the the whole Kodo Bushi thing, like I would never forget that. And again, yeah, you're right. I mean, you you know if you knew the guy, you knew the guy. But if you did not know the guy after watching the the Cruiserweight Classic, you knew the guy absolutely. So, but get, yep. but but but, yeah, but get, I, I would say that him versus Chet. I would say Cedric uh, uh, versus Chet is my is like top five favorite Nova Pro matches since they've started. Yeah, so, I mean that that whole that whole series. Um, and again, like. I respect the hell out of Chet Sterling because Chet Sterling can go like, you know, flat out, oh, outright, yeah. he can go. And, um, I got a tremendous amount of, he, he's another great storyteller, um, in, in the ring. And anytime I'm in Nova and he's at Nova, I'm, I'm definitely at the curtain. If not sitting at my merchandise table, watching the Chet Sterling match, because he, he's an absolute pleasure in the ring to watch. Um, and you know, even as a as a wrestler, you can learn so much. Um, it's 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 crazy. Like the the key to this business, man, is like as I'm I'm learning as I go is the little stuff that you do do, and not necessarily you know the 450 or the shooting star press. It's about why did you put that there then? Yeah, and, oh, and, yes. and that's oh, go ahead. Uh, and, and and it's that kind of stuff. And and Chet Chet is one of those guys. He and Logan both phenomenal storytellers, and you know what I mean. I, I'll get emotionally involved in their match, um, like you know, in both of their matches, um, because of the little stuff that they put. It's just the, the little nuances. It's crazy how the small stuff is actually bigger than the bigger stuff. Look, we're we're talking over pro. You name it, some of the top talent in the promotion. The simple question right here, because I'm I'm gonna tweet this out as soon as you say it. <laughs> Who in Nova Pro do you want to work with? Logan. <laughs> Straight to the top. Straight to the champion of the 1%. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily because he's the, 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 the PWI Ultra J champion. Not, not because of that. But I, I feel like that I feel like that he could teach me a lot. And I feel like I could punch him a lot. <laughs> when, he, when he when he when he comes when he comes through the curtain 
with his cardigan tied around his neck, I instantly want to punch him in the face. So, <laughs> so, so kudos to him for, you know, doing his job and making me hate him. But um, I also feel like, you know, at this stage of my career, anybody that I get in the ring with, especially on the Nova roster, can teach me a lot. Um, um, yeah. There's, there's no doubt that he just put on another instant classic with Eric Royal, which if I had to pick my dream match for you automatically, it would either be Eric Royal or it would be Tim Donks. No doubt. Ooh. Because I'm look, we're looking at physiques. We're looking at, you know, the people who – has a lot of lot of lot of tools in the toolbox that may you know come at you at with all different things, and we we see how crafty you can be as well too. Um, but if we're talking about trying to break the sound barrier with some with some chops and some blows, those two dudes right there, I can see I, some magic. I, I, I listen. I'd love either either Mister uh, Mister Mister Yay Yay. Like, you know, that'll be a classic West Coast versus East Coast beef right there. We're, oh. we're bringing back a minor scale of Biggie and Pac. I mean, I'm Boston, Massachusetts all day long. And, uh, you know, California love plays, and you know that it's about to go down. Um, they hit hard. <laughs> I mean, I think that match will, will, will be a banger, just like you said. So, I mean, if, if they want to set that up, let's set that up. They've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm game for whatever at this point. Um, I'm just about – taping my fist and punching people. That's okay. I mean, that, that sounds simple enough. You know, half tape or punch. Exactly. So when you... Hey, that might be the next teacher. Yeah. Uh, trademark Big Gold Belt <laughs> Podcast. Heard it here first. We don't have to talk royalties after the, after the show. But, um, so, you know, this is great. I mean, it's a, it's a great attitude to have. It's a great attitude that you never stop learning. And that's with any job. Uh, I don't care how long you've been doing anything, there will always be something new that comes to the table that will surprise you, whether you work in an office or you're a firefighter or you're in the military or you're, or you're a wrestler, there will always be something that you can learn from or someone to learn from because you haven't been at all. But so that, that's uh, really awesome to see. And now that we're starting the fantasy book Nova Pro, you know, now <laughs> we need to talk to Mike about some things. We need to, we need to get some balls rolling, or, you know, quickly as the year is coming to an end. Um, yeah. So we're about 30 minutes in and I, and I want to switch gears, uh, you know, real quick Let's do and, it. you know, talk a little bit news. Um, that's usually what I, what I do. Um, normally I would present four topics with, uh, do you, do we care? But since there's a lot of hot button issues and we actually have somebody that's been on, that is on the inside, um, you know, want to get your take on, uh, you know, a certain thing. So, um, I guess I'll start off with uh, topic number one. Uh, Ric Flair's niece has said that uh, he's you know, slept with, agrees that he slept with 10,000 plus women. <laughs> now, first of all, yeah. The line of Space Mountain is always long. It, it's always long. And it never closes. Um and I, and, I, and I guess I've kind of asked this, uh, you know, beforehand, you've already said that, you know, once you're in the ring, it's all business. Um, let's be honest. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest. I mean, looking the way you look, you know, you, you got to look down and all that. Come easier knowing that, like, hey, you know, baby, I'm a wrestler. How does that, how does that work out? You know, like, can, 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 you, can you use a little bit of your baby face tactics to get over on, not necessarily on, on, on women, per se, but like, since it is all basically psychology, 
Um, do you find yourself going into character a little bit? You know, like you know, you know, Mr. Catch These Hands. You know, hashtag Catch These Hands to a worldwide. Like, how does that work out for you? <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it happens, especially like uh, you know, in gyms, um, because you know people people come up with like crazy stuff. You know, they'll quote the uh, famous Kevin Hart line, "You won. What are you doing here?" Or, uh, or you're you're big for no reason. Oh no, no, no. I mean, the, the, just typical ice breaking conversations. But um, I always treat it like 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 a wrestling match. I, I'll leave you wanting more. Like I don't I, I don't have time. For that kind of stuff, I, I, I literally, literally, and this is not even like a, a baby face line. Like I literally approach wrestling like I'm ten years behind where I'm supposed to be. Mm. I, so I everywhere, like if I'm in a grocery store, I'm concentrating on calories that I'm shopping for. If I'm in the gym, I'm trying to get in and out. If I'm, you know, on, on a school campus, like I'm trying to learn what I got to get so I can get to the gym. Like I, I literally, literally want to wake up have to work out and wrestle and I want that to be my life. So like everything that I, I approach is, is, is honestly, and, and that's, that's no line. That's no me attempting to get over. That's, yeah. that's literally what I think about. Yeah. No, I mean, it's awesome. You know, eat, sleep, breathe the business, uh, you know, dedication. That's, that's part of the game. Um, so, okay. So let's move on to uh, the, the young bucks, obviously in, you know, made news when they invaded, so to speak, raw last uh, Monday night at the, um, um, the arena in Ontario, California. Uh, WWE has responded with a cease and desist order on the uh, two-sweet uh, hand gesture. Now, your name is the Juggernaut, and that obviously has no um, you know, physical you know, representation from any, any comic book characters that may or may not exist. But <laughs> while you're crafting um, your persona, is that something that you're cognizant of, you know, Obviously, you know, you set it on, on a name and that's great. You have your gimmick and that's great. But is it something like, well, can I use this? No. Or they'll sue me for that. No. Like, how real is that when you're trying to start, you know, into the into the business? Um, I think, like, as starting out, like, it, it kind of, it kind of, like, doesn't matter. Um, uh, starting out on the indie level. But, like, the, the, the major companies, you know, in my case, it'll be, you know, the comic book guys. Um, once you start to make like legitimate money, um, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, your, your payout fees. I mean, like once you can start like merchandising and, and stuff like that, like once you start to make real money off of merchandise and off of the name, that's when you start to, to make it. Um, I think in terms of like the, the two sweet hand gesture, uh, I listened to a podcast once where X-Pac was talking about they came up with it because the Turkish mafia used it first and it was a sign of respect. Right. And I'm not sure who owns, you know, intellectual property on anything or can you control even what people do like with their hands or what have you. But, um, I, I think that the, uh, in this instance, I, I honestly feel that the WWE has it wrong. Um, I can see the other side of it where, hey, go ahead and do it because everyone knows who the originator, or originators were and is paying homage. It, it, it kind of keeps um, the NWO relevant every time you see it. Right. Well, absolutely. Um, there are also, I did hear stories where the North Carolina State University uh, has been uh, selling merchandise with that too sweet hand gesture. Um, they've been selling apparel for years now. 
since you know the NWA uh, NWA days. So I don't know if you can copyright an actual body movement because who has the trademark on humans? God? I mean, like that <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think it's right. it's one of those things where I think it's one of those things where like the young bucks like wouldn't be affected by it because I mean, I think you can copyright the phrase too sweet. Yes. But at this point, who doesn't know who doesn't know what that hand gesture means? And right. Are you are you gonna sue every fan that bought a ticket when they throw up the, the Turkish wolf? When they throw it up or and the fans start chanting, too sweet, too sweet. Are you are you right. gonna sue everybody that bought a ticket? Like I mean, like I can't I can't understand what the long game. I'm not saying that there's not one. I just don't see it. Um, well, yeah, I, and I guess the um, their long game is fight it out if they have to. But in the interim, it's probably more of just like let's just scare the little bastards because uh, nobody wants to see the seven man army of WWE corporate lawyers that they have they wants to catch those hands in court. <laughs> so, but but then again, if they have a case, and I think they do have a case because it is they're talking about the specific hand gesture. And I don't think that that's something that you can uh, trademark or copyright because it, it's a body movement. It's like it's like a sound, you know. Unless it's if it's something that's natural, you can't copyright nature, you know. Um, but then again, I'm not a lawyer, and the internet will tell me I'm wrong immediately. So there's that. But yeah, I think WWE is way off base in a time where they really need a lot of moral support. Um, surely you've seen the pictures of the um, uh, half-used arenas for SmackDown and Raw. Um, their attendance is not as good as it should be. Um, and then now they're coming out and, um, you know, being the biggest dog and kicking the little guy a little bit with this uh, cease and desist order, um, it, it really is a bad look, you know, from a PR uh, standpoint. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, they, I mean, they're like PR geniuses. But, like, like I, I, I can't really see how the Young Bucks throwing up a two-sweet Versus the NWO at a Hall of Fame throwing up a two sweet. I can't really see how it, it affects their sales. I mean, I don't, I, I don't see them sending a, a cease and desist really benefiting them some other than saying, hey, you can't do this. But like it's established enough already. Like it, it's too far in the game gone. Like if, if you're going to pull a move like that, then I mean, you, you probably should have nipped that in the bud when it first started. But like now, like er, everyone knows. Exactly. Seems like bad blood to me. I mean, you know, there was a there was once a time where they were rumored to be coming over to WWE and it didn't work out because um they signed to deal with uh New Japan and ROH and they're making all that hot topic money and pro wrestling team money and they're doing very good by themselves. So, you know, this is one of those little petty instances for WWE. But look, they're infamous for this for that because again, we talked about it on Friday. Um Starcade is coming back. Starcade conveniently <laughs> happens to be right near one of the biggest indie conventions in the U.S. in Russellcade, which seems to be a super duper petty movement by the WWE. Now we had this conversation at the table, and I, you know, we could talk about it on air. What is absolutely your thoughts on this? It was this, uh, you know, how do you feel, first of all? I guess how do you feel about Starcade, the WCW pay per view oh, making a return? I loved Starcade um, as a as a kid, you know, coming up with the WCW. Um, you know, it was one of their biggest events of the year. It was their version of SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken. Or uh, WrestleMania, but sure. 
<laughs> but uh, like it, I, it, it's making it return. Uh, hey, good, uh, good form. Um, I think that was it, it could be a brilliant business move. Um, but from a hmm, from a from a from a, it's a good business move. It's a great business move because you're gonna have wrestling fans there already. Do I think that the timing is a little coincidental? <laughs> sure, sure. And then that can lead down a conversation that can get a tad bit controversial um, in terms of who's doing what and when. But I think that um, everybody, the WWE audience is different from the indie audience or the ROH audience. or it, It's a different demographic of people. Um, <laughs> and from from what I understand, people who bought WrestleCade tickets, WrestleCade's almost sold out already. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't really see people going through the hassle of trying to get a, a refund or anything like that for you know to attend Starcade. So I think that the attempt and the foresight was there, but I also think that uh it, it may not pan out as well as the WWE may may have thought. Well, that's kind of what I said last week, and I, and I 100% agree with that. I, I do think that this is a total um, – it's just petty. Um, they're obviously bringing back Starcade in, in the middle of North Carolina to drum up that old NWA nostalgia. And coincidentally, it's one of the biggest NWA-sponsored uh, indie wrestling events of the year, um, which is going to be held in Winston-Salem, and they're going to be in Greensboro. Um and obviously, if you are of a particular age and of a particular mindset, the question of do I go to WrestleCade or do I go to Starcade? And, you know, for you know prosperity, to be like, yes, I went to a Starcade. It's not dead yet. And, and I get that because there's always money to be made. There's always an angle to be played. I think fans are a lot smarter. And I do think fans are a lot more, uh, you know, aware of the fact that okay, we see what you're doing. <laughs> you can have, I mean, you even have shows have, at five in the morning, and now you got a show right now called Starcade, really. I mean, have, have you? I mean, I don't think it's as much as much petty as it is arrogant. Um, True. In a in a sense that um, it like I, I can see the petty side of it, but I can but I think it's more arrogant than it is anything. Um, whereas the WWE is quote unquote descending upon middle North Carolina and we're going to take away from a three day event. Right. That right. is WrestleCade. Um, so, I mean, that that's to, to me, it's, it's, it's more arrogance than it is petty. I think, uh, I don't think that, I think that every move that the WWE makes is, is well calculated. Um, and it has a purpose. They don't do anything without a purpose. Um, and I think that machine is is rolling. And I, like I said, I don't see what the end game is. Um, but it, it definitely displays the arrogance and the boldness that it is. Well, uh, speaking of the end game, uh, you know, long-term thinking, uh, John Cena has made no secret about the fact that he is 40-plus and that this is an official transition uh, to the part-time status and then on his way out. Uh, like him or not, and I don't, I have to respect his uh, career. His track record speaks for itself um, in the business. And if somebody would have said in 2002 um, that this guy would be a 16-time WWE champion. Um, no way. I would have said no way. 
But but here we are. And the torch has been passed to Roman Reigns, um, another polarizing figure, arguably for the same reasons back in 2002 that John Cena was. But do you think that allowing history to possibly repeat itself is the smartest move? Um, I don't think that Reigns and Cena are in the same position at this point in their careers. I think Cena is a hell of a lot further along at this point in his career as Reigns is, uh, even though Reigns is a three-time world champion. But do you think that big picture thinking over the next decade is Roman Reigns the guy? Um, I think he could be. I think he could be. The, the difference between, um, I, I look if you look at them like optically, um, Roman Reigns to me is a is a more impressive figure than Cena. Hmm. Um, in a sense of, you know, he, he's taller. He's he's got the whole. Uh, Kyle Drago from Game of Thrones thing working for him with the long hair and and, a, and a, the goatee, um, but Cena's charisma is off the charts, and I don't think that we'll see uh, a wrestler as charismatic as him for a very long time. So I think that there's room to improve. Um, and, you know, and this is speaking purely as a fan. There's room to improve for Reigns. Um, on the you know, the microphone skills, and they kind of shot. Um, they did a shoot about that you know, on on Raw. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was great. Um, but, but I think that I think that Roman Reigns definitely has all of the tools to like become the guy. I mean, he had FCW on his shoulders. Um, you know, when he was working the, the Layaki um, persona. Right. But I mean, I just wish that WWE would stop playing with my emotions and turn them all the way heel. I just wanted to see him come out and destroy somebody. And then perhaps he'll get the babyface pop that they've been looking for the entire time. Right. Well, I, I, I want to agree with that, but I'm not seeing anything uh, that would indicate that uh, we're going to have, if he's going to pay dividends going forward. Um, obviously, you know, <laughs> I can certainly be wrong, but I'm, I'm just not – buying into it. Um, I think that, you know, in FCW, uh, before they were on the network, I think that was a totally different crowd. That was more developmental than it was than it had ever been. Um, I do think that obviously, you know, that shoot, uh, you know, promo that they cut a couple, about a month ago, the start of the start, this thing off was, was basically everything that the fans have been saying on TV. So I think thought, thought that was great, but even still, it does feel kind of like this manufactured product instead of a organic feeling like Bray Wyatt when he first started on Raw, like Daniel Bryan during his run with um, you know, Hunter at uh, WrestleMania 30, like a CM Punk. Um, you know, so we have these figures that have been built from the ground up, um, like you know, Asina, and we've also had figures that have been in- invested themselves. And I'm not saying the rain doesn't, but in the you know, ingenuity, he's been given all the tools, the performance center, the WWE machine and all that good stuff. And, and they're world-class when it comes to manufacturing hype. But there's a difference between him and the Usos who had to reinvent themselves or him and the New Day who had to reinvent themselves or even Steve Austin had to reinvent themselves. Triple H has done it several times uh, to reinvent himself. And I don't think he's on that level right now as a three-time champion already. So... well. I- I don't think he's, he's ever had to. Um, the, the worst thing that ever happened to Roman Reigns was him being injured. 
I think that I think that the fans were behind him um, prior to him uh, get catching the hernia and having to have surgery. Um, and when he came back, it was kind of like the WWE was just like, "Hey, um, we're just gonna pick right right up where we left off." And a lot of people didn't appreciate that because yeah. you know there were a lot of people like working their asses off, you know, yeah. while he was like recovering. Now the injury yeah. obviously is not his fault, but I think that. The when he came back, they kind of forced him back into the title picture too soon um, for you know the, the casual fan. And instead of picking right back up where you left off, let why not you know tell the story of being injured or you know you come back maybe as a bad guy because you blame trying to impress the fans you know for you being hurt. And at that point, I, th- I think that we don't run into what we're running into right now where the, the guy neither good or bad to accommodate, but. <laughs> All points taken, Roman Reigns still sells an enormous amount of merchandise. So, um, at the end of the day, like is at the end of the day when when you're counting royalty checks, the, 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 he's still winning. Yeah, I mean that's un- that's unfortunate because you have to quantify it somehow. Yeah, you can't just say, well, his matches, you know, as a matter of perspective, are subpar. Um, just for the sake of argument, but the royalty checks are high, so it's like a singer. Well, she can't sing live, but she sells records. Britney Spears, what do you do? Is she an actual star? Um, you know, musicians would say no, but the audience says yes, so who, so it's a push, and I think that's kind of where we are with Roman Reigns. You know, nobody's going to call him the next uh Lance Storm, uh, nobody's going to call him the next you know Rock or, or anybody like that as far as either being super charismatic or a technical wrestling genius, but he sells a ton of merch. So what do you do? Um, unfortunately, I think he's the polar opposite of Antonio Cesaro, where and so, and Cesaro has it all as far as the, the wherewithal to do things. Um, you know, dude had his teeth pushed in. I've never seen that before. And still, it's still good to work. That's insane. But he doesn't register with the crowd in a way that he really, really should, uh, based on his talent. What are you going to do? Um, that's. Um, I, 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 I disagree slightly um, okay. on that note. Uh, I think that in ring, he does absolutely register with the crowd. Um, I think that Cesaro, and again, I'm speaking purely as a fan. Cesaro is, is a product of bad booking. Mm. Um, I, the whole Sheamus and Cesaro setting the bar thing was, was cool, you know, because they hated each other and, you know, they, they found a way to make it work. Um, but the, the Swiss Superman Cesaro, uh, I think he's more of a Swiss Superman now than he was when they were actually calling him that. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the, the tag team gimmick with Sheamus has, has, has kind of run its course, but the tag team division on on Raw, it it doesn't have the the, the star power that the tag team division on say SmackDown Live has. So they right. they they're keeping them there as like the top heel tag team. Which, man, yeah, I mean, I guess he's a guy that fills the spot. But Cesaro is is leaps and bounds of talented above like some, a majority of the guys he's in the ring with. If you ask me. Oh no no, that, I don't think that's a question. But I do think that that there is something about Cesaro 
and his interaction as a singles wrestler before, and I think he was put uh, with Sheamus because he was kind of middling as a singles wrestler, and for whatever reason, the crowd just wasn't giving him personally what I think he deserves as far as a push. Um, and I think that's just his, whatever his interaction is with the audience in WWE, um, I don't know. I don't know what he's lacking with that audience, but get, I mean, I think he's just as good as anybody in the ring, if not better. He's one of the best wrestlers they have in the company, period. Well, it goes back to the reaction that he should. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of like demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Cesaro wrestles in ROH New Japan pro style of wrestling. Right. And that that is not the WWE demographic. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I mean, it's just it's just not. Um, and it's through nobody's fault. It's just the people who choose that flavor of ice cream, so to speak, don't like buy what he's putting. But I think that he, he could go, you know, New Japan Pro Ring of Honor and and become like Godzilla. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, he, he did in, uh, in Ring of Honor. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I've never really thought of that way that you know, maybe it's not his particular skill set. But it's just the total package doesn't necessarily transcend where it could be better suited for a Ring of Honor, a Lucha Underground, a uh, New Japan. He would, I mean, he would, he would kill no, Ring of Honor. They they brand themselves the best wrestling on the planet, and that's where you're you're, you're seeing like athletes on display. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Cesaro is nothing short of like amazing from his springboards, like mm-hmm. everything. Like, I mean, I just I feel like that. When I'm watching Ring of Honor, I expect to see a Cesaro-like match versus, yeah, um, you know WWE. Well, exactly. And that's I, I can see honestly, Cesaro going. Say again. And I would say that that's where like a Donovan Dijak comes into play, and we've definitely seen his talents uh, on the television screen via Ring of Honor, and that's where his star really took off like a rocket. And more to come. More to come. Made his debut in NXT last week, so look forward to seeing that guy. On on uh oh for sure. So so uh, uh did did you uh did you cover your four topics? Uh, I got one more, and, and I'm saving the best one for last. Okay. But if you got a question, go ahead and throw it out there. I was gonna just I was just gonna revert just a little bit because um it, it came to my mind and I didn't want to forget. So um over this past weekend, if I'm if I'm correct, because I'm losing track of dates. Um, yeah, over this past weekend, because No Pro was le- the weekend before, or was it last week? I'm confused. Oh, it was, no it was the day after. I, okay, I'm confused. Yeah. Um, you captured some gold of your for your for yourself. I oh, have to- yeah. totally not familiar with UCW. Um, and shout out to which seems to be a lot of their supporters definitely been tweeting and uh, helping us retweet and promote the show for the night. Um, but definitely, this is the blandest question we're going to have for the night. Let's talk about that promotion um, and, 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 and get us accustomed to it and why people need to be there because you are their new champion. Yes, I am. Um, thank, first off, thank you for, for bringing that in. I was going to plug them regardless. But uh, UCW, <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're a phenomenal promotion. Um, they, 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 it's fairly new. They, they went through a rebranding phase. Um, but like they, they, they need to be there. We have all, all of the, we're, we're on track and on par to compete with all any super indie or big indie, like in Virginia, 
Um, you have guys from, from Maryland. You got guys from North Carolina um, showing up. And it, the, the show was great. The show, show was phenomenal. It was, uh, what was it? It was eight, eight matches. Um, tag team champions defended. Um, you had Matt Sells from uh, Ring of Honor. Like he he and uh Jimmy Flame from from up in Maryland, um and their tag team uh, uh the, damn it they're gonna kill me because I forgot the name of their tag Cheap Thrills, Cheap Thrills they competed against uh Noise Pollution which was a, a phenomenal match you have uh some some Maryland darlings as in uh Mr Grimm and Sicken Nick Taylor or Nick Sicken I'm sorry who uh who competed and put on like a a phenomenal um showing um. UCW is 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 up and, and coming. Same faces, different brand, different kind of energy. And um, we actually went there. The show ended, you know, fa- fairly early. I mean, we were for an indie show. No show should go past like eleven, and we were out of there before ten in time to have beers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I actually um had another first. I got to work against uh, Papa Stroh. Which uh, for for you nostalgic wrestling fans was um, the maestro in, in WCW. Um, he and I actually ended up competing to become the uh, inaugural champion. Uh, I was able to come out with the victory on that one, and uh, so like it, it's it's growing and definitely 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 the production level, the the customer service, everything from top to bottom, just a top notch organization, and if you don't know and are unfamiliar with the organization, get familiar because we're coming. Talk about well, where can we find them? Say again. Find them. Uh, they're on Facebook. You, uh, Ultimate mm-hmm. Championship Wrestling LLC. They're on Twitter. The, the internet themselves. Uh, UCWForever.com. Um, I'm actually having a link to their website added to my website. Um, so you'll be able to find it there. Um, YouTube, UCW, um, Twitter Instagram. at UCW 2017. Indeed, I, I was coming to Twitter. I was coming to Twitter. Twitter, my baby, but it also gets me. It also gets me in trouble. I'm kind of like the president. It gets me in trouble. <laughs> um, so yeah, t- uh, definitely. Um, and any, anything you you can find. I'm I'm uh, I got in trouble earlier because I didn't hashtag them in the actual title uh, oh. photo. <laughs> But everything that I'm I'm tagging from here on, championship status, UCW man. Um, honestly, I can't I can't ask for a better staff, um, executives, backstage crew, camera crew, um, than the professionalism that was displayed at this organization. Um, so wrestlers trying to get booked there, uh, definitely uh, between Mr. Devore and Diego, like hit them up. Um, fans that would like to see the show, the tickets are on sale on the website, on the Facebook page. Again, they'll be on my website following this podcast. Um, and anything that we can do, man, um, to, to make Virginia wrestling the hotbed that it sh- I feel like it should be. Mm-hmm. Two, two questions, two questions. Um, uh, one, I wanted you, if you could talk about the finish of that match upon winning the victory uh, and obviously going into your, your, your finishing technique. Um, actually, uh, I, uh, I, I bent the rules just a tad. Um, so, you know, the match kicked off, uh, Stroh comes out of the ring. He a- attacks there. There a fist fight ensues, obviously. Um, 
I started to get the better of him because I hit him with the haymaker. Um, and the sonic boom. He cut me off with, with the leg. Just, just call it. That. Just call it the sonic boom. Until Capcom, <laughs> you know, has more to it. <laughs> oh, for sure. So you know, I, I, hit, I had to hit him with like a few of those. Um, so he, he took out my leg, you know what I mean? And, you know, he worked that a little bit in, inside of the match. And, you know, he, he, he rolls with the, uh, this tag team called the Hounds of Haiti, um, Austin and Jackson shadows. Um, they were at ringside causing, you know, chaos or whatever. And he goes to hit me with uh, a branding iron, but as wow. he raised it, I kicked him in the ribs and I actually hit him with the iron. Um, and you know, I, I get the pin from right there. Um, so I didn't actually hit him with, with the finish. I just did to him what he was attempting to do unto me. The, the Bible says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But I believe in doing unto others, period. <laughs> <laughs> so considering that um, we, have the, we have Juggernaut, which is, uh, uh, could be potentially problems with Marvel, I'm just going to just say that you should name that, that, that this gets, that this gets, um, Larry, that you throw, we're just going to call that the sonic boom. Considering you're a Navy guy, you may have some problems with Gal since he's an Air Force guy. You know, you have a lot of trouble coming your way. It's, it's all, I'm, <laughs> all I'm putting up here. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, the, the Air Force, they don't, they, they don't, they don't really do oh. anything anyway. Jokes, jokes, jokes. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, now these, these are just jokes, man. I, I, I love my brothers yeah, in yeah. arms. All um, day. For sure. Uh, but, uh, legal trouble. We'll, we'll burn that bridge when we come across it. Um, but until then, we're just gonna have fun, and and you know, give the people what they want to see. Which, when you see me, you expect people to get slammed and punched in the mouth, and that's what I'm gonna continue doing. Now, now, and and my my last question, and then I'll hand it back to Jamal. Now, I open up the show talking about how you're such a nice guy, and I'm sure this that's gonna be very much part of the, the answer to this question, but. A lot of new promotions are taking chances with your you, y- your image, your face in the front of the flyers, putting you on their inaugural show. What do you think it is about you that these promoters are like, I need this guy on my show? What what is it? Um, I, I would hope that uh like initially I'm sure you know physique had a lot to do with it. Um again, I try my best to look like a wrestler, you know, at, at a minimum. Um, that'll that'll get you some bookings, but like I, I would hope that uh, performance and, and reputation um, goes like a long way in this business. I'm, I'm sure you know you guys being podcast guys. Um, so I, again, I just try and show up on time, you know, dressed well, you know, shake everybody's hand, learn people's names, and and, and just try and serve the company as best I can. And uh, I. I would like to believe that that's not a secret among bookers um, because it's certainly not a secret like among wrestlers. It's like, hey, have you heard of this guy? You ever wrestled this guy before? How is he? I, I would like to think that the same is true on the executive level for these promotions. Um, um, I'm certainly grateful um, for sure to God for number one, giving me the ability to go work out and train to you know try and maintain a physique like this one. Um, secondly, anybody who's ever played a part in my career, whether it's you know, Cedric Alexander, who like I've only met once, but I study him religiously, whether it's uh, Preston Quinn, Damian Wayne, Sean and Mark Denny, Phil Brown, um, even even the company uh, Hampton Rose Championship Wrestling that I started out training with. If nothing else, they showed me uh, show, showmanship, if, if nothing else. 
Um, so like I have a, a great amount of gratitude for anybody who's ever um, played anything in my career and what, what advice, you know, you kind of take the meat and, and spit out the bones. So hopefully I'm applying it well and I'm making those guys um, who invested their time and their energy into me proud. All right. right yeah, that, that's what's up. You know, it's, it's a business, but of course you have to represent yourself and the business, the guys you're working for. Well, you know, everybody has the same goal in the building. Uh, let's go make some money. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so my last story, uh, before we wrap this uh, little thing up, um, it's, 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 it's a doozy. Uh, Marty Janetti, who is going to be down at uh, Starcade in North Carolina. He made a post on Facebook, and I would read it, but it's very poorly written. Um, if he were drunk and Russian, uh, then it would make a lot more sense. But basically, uh, his daughter, he didn't know that he had a daughter, and he met her in 2014. He, uh, they, you know, connected. And she is a, a, a lovely woman um, named uh, Brianna, I believe. So he posted a message on his Facebook page that said, well, hey, guess what, guys? Uh, my daughter isn't my daughter. So can we do sex uh, now? So, right. <laughs> Wait, what? Right. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> The question is, why is Marty Jannetty, uh, A, telling the world that his daughter is not his daughter, and B, why in the same post if he's trying to hook up with her? Uh, none of these things are okay. Except he was hacked, and that wasn't him posting it. Um, I'm actually reading this from uh -huh. the Daily Mail uh, in London, and it was a story that broke there where Jannetty, uh, who posted a lengthy post, and apparently he gets hacked all the time, uh, four times on Facebook in the last year, uh, seven, according to him, since like he started, a, you know, a social media presence. But um, he says uh, in a post late, uh, made a couple hours ago, and the title of the post was "Breaking News for All Media" in big capital letters. No sex with daughters. <laughs> it's fake news. Uh, my site was hacked, or it came from a fake account, which I'm constantly having Facebook remove them. I've been hacked seven times before since on Facebook. Uh, he attributed, and I'm reading this from the Daily Mail, I attributed dubious posts to an unknown theme to has pilfered his phone he had lost weeks before, signing a photo, a photo of himself unique to that he had been sent to people in his private message list. So I know that obviously this is, um, her name is Bianca Marcioni, and um, they connected for the first time in 2014, and that's uh, good on him. He said, you know what, I've been kind of a partier, you know, hanging out with Ric Flair and the boys, and um, I'm not about that life anymore because even though she's, you know, in her 20s, I'm going to be a role model to this woman. Um, so good on you, Marty, but Jesus, that's a hell of a thing to happen when you um, get your Facebook account hacked. So i got to ask you, especially since we've seen the rise of or the coverage of wrestling leaks and stuff like that, um, that's got to be the elephant in the room for you when you put yourself out there so much in different social media avenues. Oh, for, for sure. Um, and and it, on a smaller scale, it's actually happened. Um, on my Facebook page, I have a picture of me overlooking a balcony um, from a oh. deployment that I was on back in 2014. I saw and this. And a guy from Chicago... <laughs> 
<laughs> actually took that picture and, and was using it to get bookings uh, in, in, in the Chicago area. Yeah. Um, so you know, like I mean, granted, that's that's nowhere near the scale that that it, you know that it happened to me, um, to to Marty Janetti, but like it, it's definitely like uh, it's definitely like an elephant in the room. I feel like that I'm not I'm not at that level yet, and hopefully by that time I can be Twitter verified <laughs> or Instagram verified. <laughs> 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 but, um, by the time like I even have to 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 worry about that kind of stuff, but um. Military training um, teaches OPSEC and information assurance awareness and stuff like that. And I think that training has, uh, excuse me, been beneficial to me in terms of like creating strong passwords, not opening suspicious things and not accepting uh, friend requests from females for one friend. And they, their first post was in 2016 or something like that. Um, cause, cause they're out there. Right. Um, so I, I feel like that, like, I, like, I don't know everything that's out there, but anytime that, you know, there's wind of some kind of hack or some kind of scam, like we're usually the first to know and we're told to like protect ourselves on um, that, and that kind of way. I, I, that's a terrible thing to go through for, for Marty, especially, you know, just connecting with his daughter, because, you know, at a minimum it has to put some kind of doubt in her mind. Was he hacked? Was he not hacked? Uh, that kind of stuff. So, well, yeah, that, that definitely raises some questions, especially coming off the heels of a 2013 uh, interview where he did admit that he had uh, sex with a family member at 12 years old. So, so, so there is that. <laughs> oh, well, well, Lifetime getting their writers ready because, you know, they love they love stories like this and they put this right on TV and make their money. And this has just got weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of like uh, my grandma used to say if the river's making noise, it's usually because it's bringing water. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, that this story is 100% true or it is 100% false, but circumstantial evidence would suggest that uh, Marty probably should, you know, at least deactivate or, yeah. you know, change some passwords yeah. and maybe take a break. Yep. Uh, especially, yep. Yeah. I had no idea about that interview, um, the, the previous interview. Um, this situation right here, like, I was just reading about it, uh, I think yesterday, and at at a minimum, you know, he he should probably uh he should probably take a break or you know change some stuff around. Yeah, he he definitely should. Um, he he probably want to just go ahead and stick to Club Penguin or something. You know, maybe like play some Minecraft, <laughs> something because um he don't he don't he don't need that. He's he, he, he's not about that life, so and he, well, <laughs> he needs to. But the, but the problem is, or is he? So. <laughs> <laughs> touchy touchy <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so that, that, yeah so that, that's it I'm, I'm done that's the news for this week and um, <laughs> let's get out of here i i i got my last question then jamal you can you can uh we'll, we'll, we'll throw it back to uh dewan and we can uh close the show we plug everything in but one one last question so um uh, uh we, we we mentioned the military and i definitely want to take a second to say thank you for your service um, Thanks for the support. I have friends in the military, but very, not too knowledgeable on this subject. Um, I know you are stationed in Norfolk. Did I say Norfolk right? Because you know people out there, you got to make sure you say it correct. Listen, no folk. Listen, Norfolk. I'm, I'm from Boston. I, well, yeah, I know, but you, you're <laughs> there. So, you know, you know how to, you, you ain't going to be, 
out there and not know how to say it correctly. Like you go it's, to Baltimore, uh, I think they say uh, Norfolk. Yeah, Norfolk, yeah, okay. <laughs> they, say, they say Norfolk. Like it's it, it's it's weird, but it's it's comfortable to say at the same time. Like it's crazy because you know in Boston we have a habit of dropping R's. Right, anyway. right, right. So, That's so right. it's like uh, so I think they say like Norfolk, or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But but you are out there and. I know there must be an expiration date until you're stationed somewhere else or, or what's next? Because I can only imagine and knowing that you are taking bookings everywhere on the East coast. So by, by any and reason, Canada. and Canada, I'm, and I'm, Canada I'm, yes. So by any reasons, if you are stationed somewhere else, cause you are active, um, how do you, how do you look at this, the horizons of this circumstance? Because obviously you named, Plenty of big promotions you would want to work down in te- in Texas, and you know, just wrestling all over. But considering that you are here with us on on the East Coast, which is an absolute great thing, and we'll be following your career no matter where you go. Um, h- how do you look at this? Or, or or could you put could you share some light into this? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, like there there is nothing that should stop anybody from doing what they want to do distance nothing so no matter where i am like I'm, I'm going to wrestle like if i get stationed you know overseas somewhere i'll find the closest promotion and go there and wrestle uh if i get stationed on the west coast there's plenty in cali i'll just learn different styles i mean it'll all you know as not a, only as a human being but as a wrestler um it'll give me different perspectives on psychology um and and everything um re- wrestling is I want that to be my end goal. So, you know, distance or having to drive or fly or pay my own expenses to another country, you know, to wrestle, uh, that's just a drop in the bucket. Um, and it's something that I'm definitely willing, I can't even say sacrifice. It's definitely something I'm willing to put in because to me, being able to wrestle and expose and build a brand is, is way greater than anything that I'll ever put into it. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're absolutely absolutely invested in yourself and everything you want to do and it without knowing you without anything the gear speaks for itself best gear out there i've seen of somebody i did not originally know so like because another note i when you we first saw you very first time ever in baltimore and i think i don't know if i heard that they build you from norfolk but i saw that you had 617 on your trunks and I'm thinking, either this guy is from Boston or he really hates him because he has literally Boston on his dick right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I was a bit confused. Like, why would he put Boston right there? <laughs> well, you know, we 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 weren't at liberty to to say anything, but um, BCW definitely their fans definitely spoke out about that. I don't even know well, if they so- saw numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, right? <laughs> so so here's the thing. Um, actually, what happened with that was um, I was waiting on my current gear to be made, and I ended up switching like gear makers. So wow. uh, one guy, I'm not gonna bury him, but w- was supposed to make my gear. I ordered it in February. Here it was, BCW time, and I still didn't have it. So I end up ordering like some generic trunks off of Amazon. And taking them to the mall 
to get like the logos <laughs> and everything stitched on it. Like <laughs> I kid you not, it's a true story. And um, so I go up there and the original pair that I wanted to put on were red and black, like the Chicago Bulls colors. But every indie wrestler seems to want to wear red and black. So I, sw- I switched into like these black and lime green ones. Then I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be working face. I don't want to wear dark colors. And then the words of Bob Evans kept playing in my head. Black wrestlers shouldn't wear black. There's nothing that pops about it. Fine. So then I put on the blue ones and that's what I ended up wearing. And then I think two or three weeks after that show, my original set, one of three showed up um, to, to the, the next show. So then I, I heard about uh, the lady who makes my gear now, Z's Creations um, out in Las Vegas. Uh, shout out to Z. She's definitely taking care, good care of me and with a quick turnaround time for any uh, wrestler looking to get high quality gear made. Uh, inbox me, message me something. I'll get you her contact information. But uh, she, I asked her, I sent her a picture of the front and the back of the old, that gear and say, hey, can you make these? And she's like, yeah. Two weeks later, I have them in all different colors now. Um, and in terms of what uh, the numbers here were, Boston is what gives me the ability to swing or walk around like I swing a big one. So why, why that's a perfect place for the area code of Boston. Fair well, enough. I'm not, I'm not going to call you that famous uh, baseball player who recently retired from the uh, Red Sox. But, yeah, I get what you're going there with that. Uh, so let's just, if you've never been to Boston, uh, Suffolk County is massive. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. It is. It, Boston's it is. the greatest city in the world. Okay. So, yeah, so we should end it on that note because <laughs> I don't know if I can post on that. I, I mean, I, I, I've been to Boston. I, well, that, or, or not, because Jamestown is a thing. You're a hell of a lot closer today than, than Boston. Yeah, but James, Jamestown was only a colony. But it wasn't for Sam Adams and the boys deciding they were going to punch the king in the mouth that, that, that started. And, 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 the, and, and the, the first guy to take a shot and die for this country happened in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, um, uh, there's a caribou coffee right next door to that spot, you know, so – Boston's beautiful. I'm just saying. Boston's a beautiful city. Shout out to my boy Christmas Addicts uh, because he's the only person in the world named Christmas. But, um. Fact. Yeah. Dude, so before we completely blow everybody with American history, uh, real, real facts, not alternative facts, um, please plug your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Black Planet, your MySpace, your all of that. And, and, your, and, your, and your upcoming shows as well, too. Okay, so uh, Twitter, Dewan O'Neill 22N on Twitter. That's Dewan O'Neill 22N. Um, 22N obviously standing for seconds to none. Um, Instagram, Dewan O'Neill 1, the number one. Uh, Facebook, you can find me, Dewan O'Neill, or the fan page is The Juggernaut. Um, but if you go to my website, Dewan, the number one, dot com. Dewan, the number one.com. I have links to all of my social media and the UCW forever. Um, dot com is going to have a button up there. So you can stay tuned to all of the events uh, and ongoings of, of such a great promotion. Um, the Cassie's hands tour. Um, we're coming up. Let me see what we got. We got uh next evolution wrestling coming up. We got classic pro wrestling um, October 7th. 
Um, that's going to be a big deal. I'm taking on Mick Drake, who recently made an appearance on NXT, so I'm kind of excited about that match. Um, then we got uh, in October, Pumpkin Spice Lariats, or some, something of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's Nova Pro's next show on the 27th, I believe. And that's, that's 27th. The, they, they, they run Fridays. That is correct. Yeah, and that's um, the day before the next UCW show on the uh, 28th in Sterling. It, indeed. Up in Sterling, um, I, sh I should be in the building defending the title or at least looking for a number one contender at that point. Mm -hmm. um, what's after that? Let's see, November. November, UCW is running again. Um, they're finalizing the date for November. It's either going to be the 18th or the 25th. Um, so stay tuned for details on that, and I'll definitely blast that as soon as, as, soon as I get it. Um, other than that, man, we're looking forward to a real productive uh, fall and fourth quarter of the year and bringing the Cassie's Hands Tour nation, if not worldwide. Okay. That, I mean, that, that, that sounds awesome. So just to recap, uh, because of the Cassie's Hands Tour, expect a call from Wesley Snipes. Because of the Juggernaut, expect a call from uh, Disney and Marvel. And, <laughs> and, and the Sonic <laughs> Boom uh, from Capcom. Uh, do, yeah, do expect a call from Capcom. So, yeah, I think we got all our bases covered. Um, <laughs> so any, <laughs> anybody that's listening that may be a lawyer, did, call – Hey, hit me up or hit him up directly. This is a good opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making. I'm not making that kind of money. Uh, Wesley's like <laughs> maybe. I'm not sure what his tax situation is looking. I'm about like to say right you now, might be but... making more than Wesley because he's 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 in the hole. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, he straightened that out. He just did a movie. He should be. He should be good. He broke he even. Should be good. <laughs> Wesley did a movie with Seth Rollins, so Wesley's good. Yeah. Fair enough. He's good. Yeah, CrossFit Jesus, yeah. you 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 got you're in good company. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think you played. I, I I did see it. Um, yeah, that that's that's we'll we'll cover that later on because that was you you got to see it. I can't just go in and just say what happens, <laughs> but you just got you just gotta be there. You know, it doesn't I'm, make I'm sense trying, if you don't see it. I'm, Jamal, I'm trying to judge if this is a good or a bad reaction that you have to this movie, and but I you're mean, not giving you not you don't have any tells. Well, I mean, like the long and short of it is, uh, the rent got paid that month, and that's all that matters. <laughs> okay, noted. Right, right. So, so let's let's get out of here. Um, this is the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast. Dewan, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's, Thanks for having me, for sure. Please. Yeah, man, it's a long time coming, but you know. Well, we're doubling down. We're doubling down. We'll be we'll be doing this again soon. Yeah, we definitely need to get catch up with you before um, the Nova Pro Show and the UCW Show, since you are. The face that runs the place, the champ that runs the camp. Indeed, Mister Seconds and None, Dewan O'Neill, UCW. Please. Hey, you got to get me back on here for this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely, you know, we catch up with you uh, before, well before then. But until next weekend, uh, you know, great having you on. But we'll do it again next week. Thursday is eight PM Eastern. Big Go Belt Wrestling Podcast. You can catch us on all of our social media uh, at BGB Group on the Twitter uh, and Facebook. Uh, I'm at Giant Crab on the Twitter machine, and we'll see you next week. I'm Jamal, two James Dewan. See you again. And this is a big old Brown Wrestling Podcast. We out of here till next Thursday. <laughs>